Welcome to Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories, written and narrated by Heather Lynn McMillan and copyright 2022. Content warning. The Anturia Diaries prequel stories consistently feature themes of graphic violence, profanity, controversial topics, and sexual content. As such, these podcasts are not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. Some episodes also contain more specific themes which may be triggering. These episodes will feature further content warnings in the notes. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. Delphia exhaled and looked over at me as we sat across from each other, each with a drink. As we suspected, our intel has informed us that Malaith has been building this army for some time, wanting to overthrow the council. Their treachery goes back to inviting Adamo Fusicchio here in the first place when someone from Recherca told them about the Porta Segreta and its capabilities for slave labor. The rebels duped us from the beginning. They had no intention of just using Earth for its natural resources, she said. I nodded my understanding. They intended on using humans as slave labor all along. That's how many of them got here so quickly. It all made sense to me now, and I was beginning to doubt my abilities to read people. However, as my memory sifted through all of my interactions in the council from that time, little clues popped up at me like burning flags. Was I that blind? Or had I just chosen to be blind to all of it? I made a mental note to be more observant moving forward. Trust my instincts and speak out more when I notice things. What are the latest reports? I asked Dalphia. We've gained some ground in a few communities. Brunford and Albantar have been won over to our side after being lost initially. The continent of Tukduran is where we have lost the most ground. Kula and Cardonia are lost completely to our side. Entil and Storanthia have been lost to humans overthrowing our enemy. That's something new that we had not accounted for in our strategy so far. I wasn't sure how you'd want to approach communities taken over entirely by humans. I paused to think. There was a situation I had not thought about before. Humans winning over their oppressors. I quirked a brow. Can we get armies and weapons to them to help them expand and overthrow these rebels? I asked Dalphia, thinking an alliance might be the only way, but it would cost us those lands. I knew it would. The humans would not want to fight for their freedom only to turn over the lands they had taken over to us after helping us beat back the rebels. It would be the only fair thing to do to let them have the lands after the war. Their numbers are still steadily increasing since the Porta Segreta is broken and pulling people from Earth randomly now. We hear it as pulling people here from all periods of Earth. Some of them have more technological capabilities, while others are more primitive like our original batches that we brought over from Earth. It would be good to side with them in terms of sheer numbers. Our numbers dwindle so much from this civil war. However, I worry as their numbers increase and ours diminish, we will become aliens on our own planet. She sat back and crossed her legs as she paused to take a sip of her drink and let all that settle in for me. Dalphia did not tap dance around her words or her fears, and I appreciated that about her. 
I took a sip of my drink and contemplated. I already knew that she was correct. We would lose our planet to humans over time. We were already losing numbers before the Civil War, and the trend was magnified now with the war. The humans coming into the mix would eventually easily dominate us. We needed to ally with them so they didn't think that all Anturians were oppressive and dangerous like the rebels. We didn't want them to think that wiping all of us out of existence would be an ideal situation. The alcohol I sipped slightly burned as it went down, but the burning sensation was not unpleasant. It reminded me that I was alive, and right now, I needed that since so many parts of me had felt dead since all of this started. I glanced up at Dalphia as Kyla came out of her room with wet hair and poured herself a drink from the bar. Let's go ahead and give them whatever they need to mobilize against the rebels. I want us to be on good terms with these humans if they will overtake us in numbers before long. We need to ensure the Tilwith Teg species continues on Anturia at whatever cost. Dalphia finished her drink and nodded. I will make sure it happens. She set her glass down on an end table and stood up with a respectful nod to Kyla. I will leave you in good hands. And then she left the room quickly to engage in this new mission to attempt to coax the humans to our side. Kyla was silent as she listened and sipped on her drink. Her face was not as hard as it was on the journey here, but I could see that her eyes still had some burning bitterness, especially when I mentioned humans. Do you think that will happen? Kyla asked me after Dalphia left the suite. Will humans take over Anturia? I nodded, not wanting to sugarcoat or hide anything from her or anyone else. Yes, I am certain it will happen. Reports show that the rebels have broken the Porta Segreta, and it is bringing over humans from Earth in large numbers with no current way to stop it. Many of the humans coming over are from more technologically advanced times on the planet than we chose to originally connect, so they have the intelligence and the means to overrun us entirely. As you know, our numbers were already down, and now with the Civil War raging, we would be a very easy force for an outside group to overtake. She didn't bat an eyelash at my news, but took another sip of her drink and then asked, Are you proposing that we side with them so that they don't wipe us out entirely? Yes, I think that will be our only way forward at this time. She tilted her head sideways. If we gain control of the Porta Segreta, instead of focusing on the Civil War, couldn't we stop this influx and even reverse it, sending the humans back to Earth? If we get rid of these humans, that in itself would end the war. I paused to digest what she suggested a moment before responding. No, Kyla. Unfortunately, the reports show that the rebels have been amassing and preparing for this. If we man Managed to gain control of the Porta Segreta, fix it, and then round up all the humans to send them back, the rebels could still regain control of it and bring humans back again. We couldn't even guarantee that we could convince the humans here now to go back, and we certainly could not and should not force them to do something if it is against their will. Think of the disruption we have already caused in their lives for them and those left behind on Earth. Kyla frowned at me. Who was thinking about our disrupted lives. That hard anger etched back into the lines of her face again. These damn humans are like fucking animals. They have tainted us and destroyed us. I leaned forward, slightly disturbed by the amount of anger and rage I saw in her. I touched my hand gently to her arm. Kyla, the humans are victims of our bad choice and disastrous actions. So you're saying our families deserve what they got? 
She glared at me with those cold and icy violet eyes. No, I would never say that, and you know better. I am saying we, as a species, got what we deserved from messing with something we should have never done in the first place. People like me were too weak to speak up about our hesitations. The fault is mine. I sighed and leaned back, removing my hand from her as I felt her become a little less tense. All mine. While we lived there at the palace that we learned is called Castel Tier, I realized that this was the most fantastic creation I had ever seen. Not just the palace, but the whole underground community. I have never known an existence of an underground community of this enormity. And it baffled me every day as I walked through the grand walkways and buildings that lined the walkways. We were safe to leave Castel Tier and roam around underground, but they advised us that we shouldn't go back out to the surface unless we were coming or going from the community. At first it wasn't hard, because we were all still afraid for our own lives. But after several days, we started feeling restless and wanting to see the sky and breathe the fresh air. As great as it could be, technology could only simulate so much. You knew what you were seeing, and the feeling that you had was not natural, which made a difference over time. During those days turned into weeks, the humans on Anturia started conquering the continent of Tukduran. They began to create their government and nations with supplies we had given them. Within those, they had cities just like our communities. Small towns on the outskirts of those cities would sometimes be a part of their communities, or sometimes they would operate independently. Many cities and countries did ally with us and work with us, but some declined. They would instead function completely independently. We could have the continent of Landorus, but for their troubles and grief, Tukduran was now theirs. How could I argue? How would I have felt to be involuntarily sucked onto a different and strange planet where I knew nothing and no one unless I was lucky enough to have some of my family or friends pulled into this Porta Segreta with me? Three weeks after we arrived there, we were all allowed to go back to the surface in the town where the residents of Chael de Velglen set up a memorial garden in the center of their above-ground walls in memory of all of those who fell in the beginning of the Civil War. They had erected a massive maze of walls in the gardens. This wall contained all of the names of the dead from the initial outburst. A weir, who had become as close to me as Kyla and Dalphia, led me through the maze's pass to a place where my daughter-in-law's name and my sweet granddaughter's name were engraved. She stepped away to give me space, and I instinctively lifted my fingers to trace the letters that spelled Afanan's name. It felt miraculous to see the letters together again, confirming that she had lived. I had loved her with all of my heart. I whispered her name against the wall. I will do all I can to make a better world for those who did not die, so that your death will not be in vain, Afanim. After a few moments of standing, I sat down on the bench opposite where her name was on the wall. There were flowers and shrubs and ornamental trees placed all around the benches that ran alongside the winding paths of the maze. I know I cried, but I don't know for how long. It was therapeutic to cry. I felt tons lighter once I was finished. I dried my eyes, and I saw Dalphia and a weir coming back toward me along the path, a grim expression on both of their faces. 
Guards followed closely behind them with their weapons drawn, and I stood up immediately. What's the matter? I asked them as they got close enough to hear me. Have you seen Kyla? Dalphia asked me. Yes, she was just down the path with her own family's names. I pointed down where I had caught a glimpse of her earlier touching the wall, as I did. Why, what is the matter? I inquired, feeling a bit apprehensive. Kyla's anger had gotten better over the days we had been here, but she was still prone to bursts of it every once in a while. I was concerned she had done something rash. Dalphia looked to a weir and then back to me. Dalphia looked terrified to say what she was about to say. A weir's intelligence found out Kyla's been with the rebels. She didn't go to your home to save your family. She murdered them. We have several good sources willing to testify to this information. She was hand-chosen as Malade's top pick for the job. I couldn't believe it. If you slapped me in the face with a brick, I couldn't have felt it at that moment. All I felt was the heavy weight and pain of that information. It couldn't be true. Denial was setting in, and I started internally to re-examine everything that occurred with Kyla before the Civil War, the night it broke out, and every day since. I was desperately searching for clues for it to be wrong or prove it right, as I didn't want to believe it. Before I could respond, Kyla leaped out of the shrubs to my left while I was still in shock. She had her knives in her hands, and once again, there was blood dripping all down her. Her face looked so anguished as she stood there in front of me. Don't believe them, Bryn. It's not true. It's a setup. I've been fucking staged. They want to tear us apart. I would never do this to you. I would never do this to Athenin or my own family, Bryn. She screamed at me, pleading for me to believe her. But she had been killing guard members that tried to apprehend her in the garden. Why wouldn't she surrender to them and tell me she was innocent? I blinked at her, and the guards with Dalphia and a weir spread out around Kyla. She went down into a fighting stance, as if ready to take them all on by herself. Two guards lunged for her. She dodged one and swung around, driving her blade into the chest. No! I yelled instinctively. I reached for my own knives, but Dalphia would have none of it. She pushed me backward to keep me from fighting. Kyla was turning to cut the second guard's throat with her knife when a few other guards managed to come up behind her and disarm her. Her knife fell from her hand, and that hardened, angry look was on her face again as they held her securely. I felt nothing but total shock at this point. The scene in front of me and the information that Dalphia shared felt overwhelming. It couldn't be accurate, but everything seemed to point it out to be true. Kyla's gaze moved from the guards that held her to me. I didn't do it, she said through gritted teeth. Then why are you fighting? I asked her. You cannot hold me against my will, she asserted. A weir looked over at me. We should execute her quickly before any more lives are lost. I looked from a weir to Dalphia. Dalphia did not seem as confident with that response as a weir had been. I did not doubt a weir's intentions. She was a crow and do, and that was just their way of dealing with things. However, I had a nagging suspicion somewhere in my gut that killing Kyla was not the correct solution. Remembering my vow to listen to my instincts, I swallowed as everyone stared at me and waited for a decision. Kyla is to be banished 
to the plains of Duroy. Okay, maybe that wasn't the smartest thing I've ever decided, but I knew if anyone could survive in Duroy, it would be Kyla. It would be hard for sure. The place's name was misleading, as there were no plains as you would expect with flat ground and grasslands or meadows. The plains of Duroy was a desert plain, flat and barren of even the most miniature cactus. They say nothing lived there but the outcasts from our society. Kyla's stern glance softened just a smidge at my respond, then her gaze lowered away from me. A weir nodded a slightly disgruntled look at the lack of execution, but figured this was a death sentence for Kyla of a different type. Dalfia nodded ever so slightly at me, so only I could see. She thought the same way I did. Duroy would not consume Kyla. I just had to pray that Kyla's anger wouldn't destroy her before I had a chance to really investigate what happened. I watched the guards drag her away from the gardens, load her into a secure set of capsules, and take her out of the western gate of the community. Once they left the green lands of Chel de Velglen, they would go far into the desert and leave her there. for listening to Season 1, Episode 6, Betrayal in the Darkness, from the Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast subscription apps or at anturia.org. Season 1, Episode 7, Plain Kyla, where we hear from Kyla Marie of Anturia for the first time as she is exiled to the plains of Duroy. Stay tuned. <laughs>